Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Oh, what a day we've had in the National Football League, huh? How crazy is the day? Um, I'm going to have to bring Dan Byer here in a second just because the, the the updates are coming fast and furious. Uh, we got a great show for you. We'll get you ready for the NCAA tournament, which technically, I guess, kicks off, uh, technically kicks off tonight, although the reality of it is your bracket's not really due until Thursday. I'll be posting an entire line-by-line pick of, of every pick in my draft, every pick of my bracket on Twitter, and I can always help you with your brackets, and maybe it'll... Maybe it'll help you as um, 
as Mick Cronin's going to join us upcoming in 15 minutes. The Cincinnati Bearcats squad did, in fact, get a number two seed, but they do have a big injury. Do have a big injury, and we'll get an update as to their injured status and uh, if, if he thinks that this year they can kind of break through and get to his first Final Four as a head coach. So Mick Cronin going to join us in 15 minutes. The stories have come fast and furious, and I'm sorry, Steve DeSager is in actually for Dan Beyer, so my apologies, Steve, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot. Uh, Marquise Lee is going to re-sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That just came out. But it started, it started with Case Keenum, who ends up with the Denver Broncos. And you had to think when Case Keenum ended up with the Denver Broncos that obviously they were out of the Kirk Cousins, uh, the Kirk Cousins uh, recruiting uh, or Kirk Cousins recruitment. And um, then we had, of course, a goodbye letter from Kirk Cousins to the Washington Redskins. He only tagged two teams. They were the Vikings and the Jets. Now the sudden it started to heat up. Kirk Cousins is expected to sign with the Minnesota Vikings, a three-year deal which has initially been reported as fully guaranteed. Of course, remember, initial reports don't mean actual contracts. Initial reports are texts from agents to reporters. Doug Baldwin from the Seahawks has already come out and said, Kirk Cousins is my hero because he's finally got a guaranteed deal. A couple things here. First, I've told you before, and I mean it, no one ever sat next to the football player when they needed a little help on a test, right? And that doesn't mean that Doug Baldwin's not that smart. That just means that football players fall in line with this narrative of there's not guaranteed contracts. Yes, there are. Rookies have had guaranteed contracts since this new collective bargaining agreement came in. Once they took, once they put the rookie salary scale in, remember Cam Newton's contract fully guaranteed. Now it's not as much money in terms of upfront money as what Sam Bradford got in the fifty-one million dollars when he came out of college. But um, uh, but they have been fully guaranteed. I like trends in the National Football League, and I think the trend that we've seen has not been the one that you've assumed we've seen. There is a lust for star quarterbacks. There is a lust for Hall of Famers. And that lust will cause Buffalo to move mountains, to move up, to get whoever they think their guy is. It will cause the Buffalo Bills, who traded for Tyrod Taylor, to draft another quarterback in the top four, likely. It'll cause the New York Giants to think about jettisoning Eli Manning for another quarterback, even though they have Davis Webb. You look around the league and the Bills, the Browns, the... I mean, look, look what it did for the Kansas City Chiefs. Alex Smith was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was fine. But he's out like yesterday's news. And now they got Pat Mahomes, who they think has the arm talent to take them to the next level. There's a lust for those guys. But is that winning a Super Bowl? Who won the Super Bowl? Who won the Super Bowl last year? All right, that would be the Philadelphia Eagles. They did so with Nick Foles, who is a journeyman backup quasi starter. Right? Don't get me wrong; they wouldn't have been in position to play for the Super Bowl had they not had 
um, a player who many people believe is a burgeoning superstar as their normal starting quarterback. But the fact is, you can win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback or with a with a uh, a 15 to 25 guy. You go back and you look, the Atlanta Falcons should have won a Super Bowl. And granted, Matt Ryan's a little bit better than you maybe think he is. Matt Ryan's probably 8 to 15 in the league, closer to 15 than he is to 8. You even go back to when the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. And we think Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning threw nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. You look at the Seahawks when they won a Super Bowl. Granted, Russell Wilson has become one of those top eight, 10 quarterbacks in the game. But at that point in time, he really wasn't. And he's a third round draft pick. You look at what the, what frankly, even, even Kansas City's doing now, what the Redskins are doing now is if you can pay a little bit less than top dollar, especially if you can get a, what the Cowboys have been able to do, kind of copying the Seahawks. You don't need the world's greatest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You keep chasing after the world's greatest quarterback, and the misses are what we've seen in Denver. You know, they kept trying to get another guy. They kept trying to find another guy. Those swings and misses and strikeouts, you're better off putting it in play. What's happened in the NFL is the opposite of what's happened in baseball. In baseball, it's become about the strikeout and the home run. In football, it's become about the single and the double. Kirk Cousins is fine. He's not as good as the other two elite quarterbacks in that division. He's not. He's not. He's not Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anyone is. And he's not Matt Stafford. But you know what? The Vikings have Stephon Diggs. They have Adam Thielen. They're going to get Dalvin Cook back as well. They have a team around him. And they looked around. They said, hey, the Eagles won this beat us badly with Nick Foles. Right? You win with an ensemble cast. You win in the NFL generally. Generally, you win with having the best 53. Sure, the Patriots have Tom Brady, but the likelihood of finding a Tom Brady is slim to none. And Slim just walked out the door. Like, all the things have to be aligned in order for you to get that next superstar quarterback. And even sometimes then, they got to lead along with people. They got to not get hurt. They got to not lose their confidence. You got you to gotta buy into sometimes they're going to have a bad year early on. I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts. You ask anybody in the NFL, and they'd say, hey, healthy, Andrew Luck, talent-wise, as good as anybody in the game. But look at their last two years. If you build a good enough team around them, you just be okay at quarterback. You can be fine. Be better than average. So as the moves come in, I look at the Seahawks and I look at the, the Broncos and the Seahawks especially. I mean, excuse me, I look at the Vikings and, I, and the Vikings think, hey, our Super Bowl window is closing. You get about a three-year window, maybe a four- or five-year window if you load up with dudes on the defensive side of the football and you get enough playmakers on offense. Just get the deal done, get the ink dry. And you know what? I also don't hate what Denver did. Case Keenum for, what is it, $18 million? If you look at the going rate for a star-wide receiver 
and the and what Case Keenum is making, you can get Keenum in a star wide receiver for the same price as you can get Kirk Cousins. It actually makes a ton of sense. And teams realize that if you get cost certainty and you get something below $20 million, you got a chance. And the only reason the Vikings were willing to overpay was two things. One, the Kirk Cousins had leverage with the Jets. And two, they had to have a guy who was going to be healthy. And they didn't think Case Keenum was good enough. And I don't think anybody thinks Case Keenum's good enough. And Cousins is modestly better. He's a little bit bigger, got a little bit better arm, equally confident, very smart. And you're going to surround him with better pieces next year because Dalvin Cook will be back healthy. But what a fascinating day in the National Football League. The NFL has figured out what baseball figured out a long time ago, what basketball has figured out recently, which is whether you call it Hot Stove League or whether it's July Free Agency NBA, it, it makes us pay attention to your league. It makes us pay attention to your league. From Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, a league source tells uh, Yahoo Sports the Buffalo Bills will explore trade scenarios to move up to the top five picks. Uh, that's the talks are expected to materialize after the first week of free agency. Right? They got to get above the Jets because the Jets already were thinking about drafting a quarterback. Look like they're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater to hold the fort down, but then we'll draft a, uh, draft a first round draft pick quarterback if they can as well. So fascinating day in the national football league. Steve DeSager, did I miss anything? Like, we have the Allen Robinson to the Bears. We got Sammy Watkins also to the Kansas City Chiefs. Paul Puzlesny retired. I know that's not a transaction that's come due tomorrow, but this guy was one of the great tacklers in the AFC for a decade. And then when his career is winding down the last year or two, he's teaching the young players on a great Jacksonville defense essentially to take his job. Kudos to Paul Puzlesny in that great career. How how old was Paul? How old is Paul Puzlesny then? It's right now? eleven years out of Penn State, so uh, two thousand seven draft. Injured a bunch early in his career, wasn't he? Yes, I remember him being injured a lot. I also remember a lot of hundred hundred twenty tackle seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Good player. And Danny Woodhead cut by Baltimore. I assume even in half a season he can contribute. I assume he'll go elsewhere. Uh, Danny Amendola going to the Miami Dolphins. Did I read that correctly? I want to Correct. make sure I got NFL Network. Yeah, the Dolphins getting wide receiver Albert Wilson also from KC. Yeah. So you get you, they they jettison Jarvis Landry, one guy who wants you know wants the big deal, and instead they get a couple other. They they they're doing the volume thing. Now look, there's just a, a, a dollars and cents to it. There's just a balancing of the books to it, and it just it makes sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I don't love the Keenum deal, but I get the Keenum deal. Completely get it because what else was out there? You needed a guy. You needed stability. They'll probably draft somebody in the later rounds and and um, and try and try and find their next quarterback. In the meantime, Case Keenum's fine, and I think playing in altitudes like playing in a dome it helps you when you don't have a strong arm. As conditions on the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Mick Cronin's essentially dominated the AAC. Won 80% of his games. Finally won an AAC regular season and postseason tournament. What's it going to take for them to win four games, get to his first Final Four? I'll ask him. He joins us next. 
Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Crazy day in uh, the National Football League. And I, I look, I understand, like, you, you sit there and go, well, Sam Bradford's going to make, a, what, $141 million at the end of this year. And he only was healthy for one game last season. He played great in that one game, I want to point out. But, like, look, this is the – you can be mad as you want, but when he's healthy, he's really good. He's good. He's not great. He's good. Played the entire year before, led the league in completion percentage. Uh, behind a shoddy offensive line. The The – the fear with Sam Bradford is he gets rid of it too quick, doesn't want to throw the ball downfield because he doesn't like to get hit, one, because he's been hurt before, but two, because he lacks that fortitude to stand in there. So the opening game of the season last year, they they end up bombing a really good team, and he throws the ball downfield. Then his knee gives out. So because of scar tissue, and he just has all those knee problems, and you know they caught, caught fire with Case Keenum, which, by the way, I would have pulled against Philadelphia Eagles when he wasn't good enough. Uh, yes, I've been a Bradford fan. Yes, I'm also realistic about who he is. But when you're the Arizona Cardinals and you, like, here's how people, it exposes stupidity. Twitter exposes stupidity uh, very quickly. Is you're the Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald has committed to coming back. You have David Johnson coming back. Right? You're not getting Kirk Cousins. You're not getting Case Keenum. AJ McCarron's still out there. So the question becomes, you got a better option? Well, let's go get Nick Foles. One, the Eagles don't want to trade Nick Foles yet because their star quarterback won't be healthy until right before the season, if that. So they'll gladly part ways with Nick Foles, I believe, for a first-round draft pick in the future, but not now. Soon. Very soon. But, I mean, like, you got a, you got a, you got a better option out there? You need a veteran. You need somebody to step in and understands how to play. Um, let's let's catch up with the head coach of the champions of the AAC's regular season. Remember the American Athletic Conference. They added Wichita State, who was a top 10 team in the preseason. Obviously, you have UConn. They had a disappointing year. But you have Wichita State, Houston, who became a top 25 program, and Cincinnati. Mick Cronin's team, and Mick Cronin's won 80% of his games in conference play since they've joined the AAC. That's domination. But they had never won the conference tournament title. They won the league, they won the conference tournament title, and they were awarded a two-seed in the upcoming NCAA tournament. And uh, Mick Cronin joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Mick, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How's the family? They're good, good. Actually, I called your game uh, Sunday, but I was I was in and out, and you were in the locker room, and I saw all your family and your friends were around there. I saw you celebrating. I didn't want to disrupt you after the game, but that was just another kind of hard-fought slugfest. Uh, that, um, you know those conference tournaments, man. You're playing those teams for the third time. Three straight games against the team for the third time. It's, it, it, it's by Sunday, enough's enough. You know, your your team... I don't know. Was it the best thing that happened to you that you lost at home to Wichita? Because it seemed to, it seemed to. I don't know if it refocused you. But then you go in, you beat Wichita at Wichita to help you win the league outright, and then you and then you beat Houston, 
um, who is kind of a disruptor in the league. They're good. Did anything buddy. change after you lost at home to Wichita? Ah, uh, you know, I think I think we, you know, as a coach and a staff, I think um, what we try to do is always evaluate our game plan, and w- instead of just blaming our players. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that that's the worst thing you can do as a coaching staff. I think you know you can maybe be upset with some things you didn't execute, but then you need to, when you leave the locker room, you need to point the finger at yourself and, and as a staff figure out okay what what we need to do to become good enough to beat a top ten team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so there, sure, there's things that we we tried to get better at, some adjustments that we tried to make. So, you know, I, I try to turn that loss at home against Wichita State into a positive, especially defensively. We just couldn't stop them. Uh, it is, but I would tell you the other thing is we had 13 turnovers the first time we played Wichita State in the loss. And then at Wichita State, we only had five. And, and two of those were shot clock violation. Uh, one was an offensive foul. So we only had two live ball turnovers in that game on the road. So, and you know, tur- turnovers kill your defense. So, so we, we just try to focus on taking care of the ball better. And then we've tried to make some defensive adjustments to uh, th- that. Uh, you know, for obviously game plan to game plan is a little bit different, but some things defensively to uh, make sure that we, we got more solid. We we're giving up too many points. You have some incredible veterans. Um, you know, yeah. Jacob Evans is—he's a veteran, but he's—he's he's super young. You got—you know—you got Gary Clark uh, and Kyle Washington. Kyle hit that huge three, uh, which which puts you puts you ahead. What felt like for good against Houston. What 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 has this group of veterans been like to coach? Considering, you know, look, it can go either way when you get to be seniors. Guys can have senioritis and tune you out yep. and be worried about the league, and or guys can lock in and say, "Hey, this is my last go round." What has this group been like, especially Washington and Clark? Well, the, uh, you'll you'll know what I mean by this. It seems like we started practice last week, and when the year goes quick for you as a coach. It's a rare thing. That means that means you're having a good time, you're winning games, and you like your players. <laughs> but when but when when uh, it's on the other side of that coin, man, the year seems like it takes the four, five months can take three years. So uh, it, it, they, they, Gary Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, Jacob Evans, Jaron Cumberland, Justin Jennifer, Kane Broom, these uh, Mike veteran guys, they're basketball savants. So they're in the basketball. And they they have really helped Nasir Brooks, Trey Scott, that play a lot for us, get better. So right like just right right now, we just got guys. I'm fortunate. I've been doing this long enough, man. That you, you, it's not you. I mean, you call enough games, Doug. It's the same team don't win every year, but the coaches don't change. The personnel changes. So personnel is everything. And I, I've been really lucky. Because the guys you mentioned, uh, they're veteran leadership and guys that really want to win, and just just they're just good guys, and they they also are very tough. They're tough-minded guys, because like you said, I mean, to win that game at Wichita State was unbelievable. Uh, they're so, they got such a great home crowd and and such a great team, and obviously Greg Marshall's just an excellent coach. But so it's been fun, man. You know, now I got to get them refocused. Because we got to put them two trophies in the closet and make sure we're not uh, staring at them every day that we just won. Because we we, we got to get our eyes on a different prize and we got to get focused on Georgia State. 
Um, okay, so did Jacob hurt his hand? In, uh, not, not until the last game he jammed his finger really bad. Uh, is he going to limit him? No, no, he's all right. Just, uh, I think uh, it scared him more than anything once he realized he didn't break his finger. Yeah. Uh, you know, today, different era, man, when we played, you, you, you just, you know, tape and ice, buddy. You know, yeah, you got, you got some like. Listen, I'd like to think our, our, we were tough, but you got some pretty tough. You got some pretty tough. Did you hear what what Ron Hunter said? He said we're staying at the. He said we're staying at the Comfort Inn and we're eating at Wendy's. Whereas uh, I forget what he said. You guys are staying at like the Four Seasons and uh, and eating great steaks. Um, how, how are the accommodations? Well, first of all, Ron's a friend of mine, and what I want to tell his players is I know Ron's done well financially. <laughs> He's got plenty of money to get them better food and better accommodations. So, <laughs> so no, he's a great guy. I get all, all that stuff's fun, man. He, you know, Ron loves the sound bite. He's a good dude. And, and he owes me a favor anyway, because all his son wanted to play at Cincinnati, RJ. Uh, I was the only uh, school to offer him at, at the high level, but uh, I rescinded it. So he would play for his dad. So Ron owes me for the rest of his life, man. Mick Cronin joining us. I know you. I know you know your family was was uh, there in Orlando when you won the AAC tournament title for the first time. Um, have you thought about what it would mean for you personally to to get to a Final Four? I mean, and for people who haven't followed your story, you know, to come back to your hometown and you're trying to resurrect something that that Huggy obviously had at an amazing level. People forget Cincinnati won the league. Won different leagues, seven, I think seven consecutive years. Won the league in you know Great Midwest Conference, Conference USA, and on right. to the to the Big East, and it was just an incredible. And so, look, they were on you early in your career, and then you almost left a couple years ago to to win the league, to win the tournament, to get to a Final Four. Have you allowed yourself to think what that would what that would mean? Well, sure. If you look, hey, when, when you're you do what we do, uh, and We've been to the tournament now eight consecutive years. You're crazy if you don't look at it and th- you know think you, you want to be one of those teams going to the Final Four, and that's what drives you. I mean, that's what uh, even though even though Ron doesn't realize it, 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 that takes me to the drive-through at Wendy's when I'm going around high school games in Vegas all summer. You know, so it, when you're sitting in those gyms, man, that's why we do what we do. Uh, so sure, I mean you 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 you, you got to think you you got a chance to get there, and you know you got to get as you know you got to be healthy, you got to get the right draw. I think you've called you called one game I lost by a tenth of a second, uh, you know. So the NCAA tournament's wild, you know, and I think we all want it. You know, I was so happy for Mark Few last year, and Frank Martin and I used to eat at Wendy's all the time together uh, when we were high school coaches, and and and, and we couldn't even afford the fries. But when you see your friends do it, and you see see you see guys like Frank, who who's a, who I came up coaching with in the high school ranks, uh, you see Gonzaga make it. Sure, it makes you think. You know, you want it even more. And then obviously, when you get a two seed, you maybe you maybe feel like uh, you, you can smell the kitchen. You might not be back in there, but you can smell it a little bit closer than than being out in the parking lot. But long way to go, man. Long way to go. Sure, it would mean the world to make it. Obviously, here in in my hometown, it'd be unbelievable. Um, you know, you guys. You last year, you last year you lost to UCLA, uh, but the I called the St. Joe's game where you were dunking the basketball and literally was you know like a tenth of the second. The year before, you won on on a last second deal with Purdue, and then you lost a close one to Harvard. So, is there? 
is there is there is there something that you've gleaned, something that you've learned from those close games that in this preparation period for the tournament you guys can put in or you guys can work on that that helps you win those close games? Because I mean, like, look, that's what everyone, even the top seeds, there usually is a game in which they somehow survive and early on and that propels them to a run is there anything specific that you've been able to learn from your experiences well you better work on late game situations because you're not, everybody you play is one of the best at large teams or they won their conference and they're really good so georgia state's really good hot shooting team they they got talent so you you have to expect close games and you better be prepared for all late game situations. No doubt about that. That's why I think it's been good for us that our Wichita State game came to the last play. Our Houston game came to the last seconds, and that's happened to us here in the last weeks. So I think we lead the country in margin of victory, uh, and that, that, that's not going to help us in the NCAA tournament. So we, uh, we we've got to make sure we spend time this week. Uh, we just did today on you know down three, up three. Uh, you know everything, all the above, out of bounds, underside, full court. You need a basket or full court. You're on defense, and what you're going to do in those situations because you may be out of timeouts. But man, close, you know, I think you're right. And no matter who wins this thing, is going to have to escape a game where they maybe could have got beat or should have got beat. So, yeah. I but I really tell you this, Doug. I, I think the you, you, inner drive of your players. That you know when you get when you you go to Nashville for us, what's their mindset? You know, are we happy to be in this tournament, or are we going down here to get two wins because we we expect to be playing next week? You know, or are we happy to be? You know, I I really think that that if I've learned anything, I think that you're you've got to get your guys in that mode. Now you also got to be fortunate. Like you don't you don't want to have to play against Lonzo Ball in California. In the in the second round, so uh, we get we've played our way into a better seed. Uh, so you know now it's it's up to us to take advantage of it. Well, two straight years of thirty win seasons have been remarkable. Congrats on the on the regular season and conference tournament title. Uh, more wins, I'm sure, to come. Best of luck to you, Mick. Let's talk soon, okay? Well, hopefully we'll stay alive. We'll do it again next week. Fair enough. Then we'll be your good luck charm, Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin from the Cincinnati Bearcats, getting ready for Georgia State. They got a kid, Demarcus Simmons who's tremendous, really good. I mean, you know, could play at any level in the country. You got to get to Hooters, try the new smoke wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many Hooters. Let's bring in Steve DeSager because this has been a wild day. Steve, what do you got for me? Well, let's start with, gee, NFL news. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, a quarterback. A lot of people are waiting to see back on the field. The Jets, according to NFL Network, are working on a deal with Bridgewater. Not his only option, but his first choice. Meanwhile, the news, not yet news until tomorrow or maybe even the next day, but quarterback Kirk Cousins is likely to sign a three-year deal with the Vikings this week worth about $85 million guaranteed, according to NFL Network. Cousins was a fourth-round draft choice years ago for Michigan State. The NFL's free agency period starts tomorrow afternoon. That's when the league year begins. Quarterback Sam Bradford committed to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Quarterback Drew Brees will re-sign with the Saints. The Broncos are expected to sign quarterback Case Keenum tomorrow. All 
Also, wide receiver Allen Robinson will sign with the Bears. He tore an ACL with Jacksonville last year. The Jaguars will re-sign wide receiver Marquise Lee, a four-year deal including $18 million guaranteed, according to NFL Network. Defensive back Aaron Coleman will leave Jacksonville to sign with the Texans. Jacksonville linebacker Paul Puzlesny retired. Wide receiver Danny Amendola is expected to leave New England for Miami, according to NFL Network. The Chiefs will sign wide receiver Sammy Watkins for three years, 30 mil guaranteed, and the Redskins are due to sign wide receiver Paul Richardson. Of course, the NCAA tournament starts with two games tonight. LIU Brooklyn in the first of them against Radford, 6.40 p.m. Eastern, then UCLA against St. Bonaventure. Back to you. I built that. I mean, you don't get a better David versus Goliath than UCLA versus St. Bonaventure, right? Like St. Bonaventure is in Olean, New York, a tiny little private school in the A-10. Mark Schmidt's done an incredible job. Jalen Adams, their point guard. And they've won a ton of close games this year, and the Bruins have lost a ton of close games this year, yep. if it yep. comes down to that. I, but what's, I'll, I'll give you an interesting thought on that in a, in a second. Um, but then you have UCLA, who's basketball royalty, beautiful, you know, blue, gold, and white uniforms. Um, Steve Alford, who's you know, like Mr. College Basketball as their head coach. I mean, it really is a David versus Goliath. The one thing about close games, and while I understand that you know, you look at UCLA losing a bunch of close games and uh, St. Bonaventure winning a bunch of close games. Like, hey, well, they find a way to win games. Sometimes, though, that can deceive you as to how good a team really is. UCLA, for example, lost to Stanford, and that doesn't look like a great loss. People forget Stanford didn't have two of their starters to start the year. And, yes, UCLA missed some free throws down the stretch, but Stanford threw in a couple of miracle threes in order to send in order to win that game in overtime. So sometimes... We become very results-oriented, and that's where we get our seed line from instead of watching, hey, who's actually better? Yes, they, they lost a bunch of close games. They also beat USC twice, beat Kentucky, beat Arizona. Then you got better top-end talent. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, Case Keenum, this is from Nick uh, how do you say his last name there, um, Ryan Music? It would be a she, and it is... Oh, Nikki, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Nikki Jablava. Yeah, Nikki Jablava. I've had, we've actually, I think, had her on out of this show or on previous network. She says, Case Keenum was the Broncos guy, not Kirk Cousins. Broncos felt Keenum was a better fit uh, in many areas, was told they did not offer Cousins. Hmm. Hmm. Now, remember... I talk about this all the time in terms of having a rabbi in the room, right? You got to have a rabbi in the room. You got to have somebody who believes in you, who speaks your language. Gary Kubiak works with the Denver Broncos, right? And Gary Kubiak is the trusted former backup quarterback to John Elway. And Case Keenum used to play for Gary Kubiak in Houston. It's really that simple. Like, I wish it wasn't that simple, but it is that simple. But it is that simple. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting. Like, look, here's the thing about Kirk Cousins. This is a little bit of buyer beware. Like, I get the numbers. But do you believe Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback? I sure as hell don't. Like, I don't think they could have kept it all together, but... Could they have just kept, could they have kept Case Keenum and been okay and kept one of the others as a backup? They probably could have kept it together. 
right? the, the sweat equity that they had with Case Keenum. And look, this is, it's a little bit damning to Case Keenum that the Vikings had him and let him go, but shouldn't it be a little bit damning to, to, to Kirk Cousins that the Redskins had him and trade instead for Alex Smith, who everybody thinks is just average and efficient. I, I understand one man's trash, trash, another man's treasure. But it's fascinating to me on how they looked and they're like, you know, and part of it is Cousins was looking for top dollar and Case Keenum could not get top dollar. And truth is that Case Keenum is getting 18 million is, is a crazy sum of money. It's he's got a Ryan Fitzpatrick element to him. And remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he wanted 18 or so million dollars and he ended up getting 12 million dollars after holding out in a one year deal. Granted, he was much older, more experienced. And probably didn't have the mobility that Case Keenum has. But, and he didn't have, and there wasn't the market for him. But that's an, interest, that's an interesting no, nugget from Nikki Javala that um, they didn't go after Kirk Cousins. Never offered him. Might make you think twice about, about if, if the Vikings actually won the day. Hmm. All right, great to catch up with Mick Cronin. What are the chances three quarterbacks are taking the top five picks of the NFL draft? I'll tell you next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Um, got to get a little, got a little, uh, Jeff Goodman from ESPN says, uh, Nathan Davis, head coach of Bucknell said six, eight forward Bruce Moore will not play Friday against Michigan state due to violation of team rules. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know if you guys have the number in front of you. I'll, I'll get it. For, I'll get it in a second, but boy, that screams to me, take Michigan state. Not that he's a huge player, only averages five a game, but he's the one, one of the few Bucknell players who athletically can match up with Michigan state. So that is not good news for the bison, the Bucknell bison. As conditions in the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Let's play a game. Game This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Steve DeSega, what do you got? John? today's game what are the chances what are the chances i'm gonna give you a story doug and you give me what are the chances that it occurs we'll start with the report from yahoo charles robinson saying the bills are trying to trade up once again in the draft to get into the top five quote talks are expected to materialize after the first week of free agency and then intensify at the orlando owners meetings so what are the chances that the three of the top five picks wind up being quarterbacks this year Oh, I think it's training to be very, very good. Um, you know, Cleveland's going to have to. I, I, I don't think it's as currently situated. It will be three out of top five, but I think eventually somebody will trade into a couple of those spots, and we'll get. We're definitely getting two, probably getting three. I'd say seventy-five so percent chance. Seventy-five. So you're saying if Buffalo trades in, that's to get a quarterback top five, and that would be make it so. Correct. Okay. 
story, too. You've been discussing this. Kirk Cousins expected to sign the three-year, apparently fully guaranteed deal with the Vikings this week. What are the chances the Vikings get get to at least one Super Bowl during this three-year contract with Cousins? I'm going to go with 5%. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, it's really, really hard to get back. And they survived injuries to skill position players last year. I mean, I look, Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy next year. Matt Stafford is right there with Detroit. That's just in their division. Obviously, the Bears are in rebuild mode, but you don't expect them to be bad for that long. And then you look around the NFC. The Niners are coming. The Rams are coming. The Saints are legit. I think the Cowboys will probably be better next year. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like, it ain't easy. I'm going to say 5% chance in the, the next three years. At the Westgate Vegas, the Vikings with this apparent move now tied with Green Bay for fourth best odds to win the upcoming Super Bowl at 12-1. to Patriots the favorite at 5-1. to Staying on quarterbacks, we've talked about Sam Bradford, ex-Viking, going to the Cardinals on an apparent one-year-plus-an-option deal. What are the chances Sam Bradford plays all 16 regular season games healthy this coming season? All right, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, uh, Steve. Uh, Sam Bradford, how many times has he played all sixteen games of the season? Oh, that can't be very many. His last coach said it's not just like one knee injury; it's like a thing he's going to live with for life. Oh yeah, no, no, he's got like arthritic knees. How many times has he played sixteen games in his career? I would guess uh, one, maybe none. Two times. Uh, two in two a decade. First, two of his first three years with the Rams, he played 16 games. Last year, he obviously only played in two. Previous year, hurt for the second one. Uh, previous year, he played 15. Year before that, he played 14 with Philadelphia. Um, so he hasn't been injured as much, but the likelihood, I would say, likelihood that he does or does not play 16 games. What's the question? Yes, that he plays all 16. Oh, small percent, 10% chance. So it's a better chance than the Vikings going to the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, final question. This is straight from your producer as well, by the way. Uh, the Warriors canceled practice today after people were celebrating Steph Curry's 30th birthday this week. What are the chances the Warriors lose to the Lakers Wednesday because of partying last night? Oh, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that the Cavs left there – you know, they were in L.A. for three days. But the Lakers will be playing on the second side of a back-to-back. And, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to say it's a big, you know, the tonight. chance they lose, 7% chance. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You guys see the video of Steve Kerr and Mike Brown dancing? Not terrible. Not nearly as terrible as you thought. And, obviously, Steve Kerr's back. Uh, must be feeling much, much better. All right, send me your bracket questions, your uh, bold predictions for the NCAA tournament at Gottlieb Show. Music, how's your bracket coming along? It is currently being worked on. Um, that Wait, meeting, that's why I haven't, I haven't been able to talk to you during the show? Is, is that why I haven't been able to talk to you during the show? Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make some money here, man. Ramos, how's your bracket look? It's going slow, Doug. Very slow. Is that why Dan Byer took the day off? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> correct. He's just going to watch all these different TV shows and come up, formulate a way in which he can beat me in our own little bracket challenge? <laughs> That's what he's doing, isn't it? Here I am slaving over six hours of live radio a day, filling in for Dan Patrick, and Byer's got the day off so he can beat us in, a, in our bracket pool? 
That's crazy. No, he's working a show tonight, actually. Um, look, you're, you're free to leave your job whenever you want. You can. But there are times in which money isn't everything. And apparently now is one of those times for Drew Brees. He proved it not what he said, but what he did. I'll show you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, in one of the rarest things that you, that you see... Drew Brees apparently apologized to his agent. You guys see this story? So Drew Brees today, um, Drew Brees today uh, committed to, to a new contract with the New Orleans Saints. Apparently Minnesota called and he said, thanks, but no thanks. And uh, Drew Brees signed a deal, two years, 50 million, but only 27 million of that is guaranteed. And, and look, this is a wild day in the National Football League. Danny Amendola is leaving the Pats to go to the Dolphins. Kirk Cousins is obviously uh, signing, uh, plans to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. Sam Bradford apparently is going to sign a one-year $20 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Marquise Lee is going to return to the Jaguars. But Drew Brees is going to shun other deals. And get $27 million guaranteed. The, uh, Breeze's deal will be written as a two-year deal, but it actually is a one-year deal with a team option after the first year. Uh, that's what he confirmed to Adam Schefter earlier today. I think it provides a certain um, certainty, certainly the team with the most flexibility when it comes to being able to anticipate the future and the ability to acquire free agents and re-sign players on our existing roster. Remember, this is Drew Brees who on January, in January said he wanted to be a saint for life. I love my team. Excited about the opportunity. He was able to throw for his fewest yards as a saint, only 4,300 yards, which only. Only 23 touchdowns, only. And only eight interceptions. And uh, look, he had them a little bit over the barrel because there would have been $18 million in dead money from his previous contract. So I, I think it's fascinating that Drew Brees signs a short-term extension. There's a couple things to it. You guys see where the offensive lineman from the uh, Saints was crying and talking about what a great leader he is? This, is, this was fascinating. This actually happened the other day in New Orleans. And like, look, sometimes we don't do a great job of covering things. But the Saints um, offensive lineman, like when you think of the Saints, you think of like Kyle Turley, whatever. Zach Streif announced his retirement. He's an offensive tackle for the Saints. Take a listen to what he says about Drew Brees. For the past eight years, I've played in front of the most prolific passer in NFL history. Drew Brees has been the single greatest motivation for me as a player. Every day I would walk into the building and pass Drew watching film. Every Thursday, I would send him pictures of the menu so we could order his dinner since his workday ended four hours after ours. You've made countless sacrifices for your teammates, 
spent countless hours with us instead of your family. My greatest drive as a player was not to let you down. You're the greatest leader I've ever been around. And I admire you so much as a player, but more as a person. Being a small part of your Hall of Fame career has been my greatest honor as a player. Man, that's strong, right? Uh, by the way, when you guys, Ryan Music, when you retire, I want you to be teary-eyed and thank me for my leadership and my work ethic. I'll be thankful that it's over, Doug. Uh, <laughs> John Ramos, same thing. I, look, I know you work with a bunch of hosts. When Many you Doug. retire, Ramos, when you decide to hang up the button, the button pushing, um, when you decide to stop pushing all those buttons and making us sound good, I buttons. do expect you to say like, hey, the greatest honor of my life has been just being a small part of your Hall of Shame career. That's what I want you to say. Sounds like a, sounds like a plan. There's a couple of things that come to my mind. Okay, first, I, this actually does play into the uh, some of what we've talked about with the upcoming NFL draft. I, I understand that we think that a player is, it's all based upon tangibles or maybe even clutchness and what he does, the intangibles or what he does in the football field. But, foot, but quarterback is a position of work ethic, a position of leadership, and a position of consistency. You got to be the same guy day in, day out. You got to be a leader day in, day out. You got to work to get better. And you have to lead day in, day out. Because these are grown men. They see through it when you're just, if you show up on Sunday, you give a big pregame speech like, yo, where were you Wednesday? I was here at seven. You weren't here till nine position of leadership it is an alpha position but it's one to which you can't be such an alpha that you don't bring everybody in and i don't know if that pulled at the heartstrings of drew Brees, that zach streif and the offensive line they get him but i do think it it comes down to a bunch of different little factors could he have gone out and gotten more sure but do you want to go to arizona do you want to go to minnesota do you want to go to the Jets? And No. You know, when you made $100 million playing quarterback and you played in one place for the past, you know, eight years, you've rebuilt your career, you've won a Super Bowl, and you kind of feel like you're getting close. Like, you just take a good amount of money, enough to make you feel respected, to make you feel happy. It's not changing your lifestyle. You're never touching any of that money. I mean, Drew Brees also is going to go into TV as soon as he's done. Everybody knows that. Just take that money and stay. And, you know, get what get a, enough of what you're worth to feel good about how the team feels. But don't get so much that you turn somebody upside down and you shake them out. And so this is the right, deci- the right decision. I work with a guy named Chuck Wilson who was uh, one of the originators of an old ESPN radio show called Game Night. And he told me, and he's right. And I've usually, not always, but I've usually lived my life by the credo of, hey, don't take a job just because of the money. If the money is there, great. If you really like what you're doing and the money's decent or close, like do the job that you want to do. Work for the people you want to work for. And that appears to be what Drew Brees decided. I think it's pretty awesome. Now, they also, they, they overpaid him on previous contracts. And so some of this is, hey, we took care of you last time. We couldn't put a defense around you. Some of that was us. Some of that was you. All right. I hear you. I'm going to stay. I mean, the options of going somewhere new sounds great, 
But when you got four kids, you're already embedded in the community. Ride this thing out. Ride this thing out. So the the Cardinals have a quarterback, Sam Bradford. Sat feels like they'll draft another one. The Browns have a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Feels like they'll draft another one. The New York Jets are close to getting Sam Bradford. Feels like they'll draft another one. The Buffalo Bills have Nate Peterman. Feels like they'll draft another one. And then the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. That's their guy. That's their guy. So, really interesting day in the National Football League. And then you have Sammy Watkins. Now, we're getting ready for the NCAA tournament. And Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, is going to join us. And the Pac-12 had a fact-finding mission. And they offered up some ideas for how to have college basketball evolve We'll have Larry go through it. We'll also talk about his, his the programs in his conference getting uh, what I think all would be feel like disrespected. Arizona wins the league, wins the league tournament, only gets a four seed. But um, let, me, let me, I've got it, gotten into these arguments several times with people about the value of playing college sports and what it builds, the brand it builds for you in the future. There is no better example than Sammy Watkins. None. Uh, Ryan Music, how many catches? What do you think the most catches? Sammy Watkins has been in the NFL for four years. Now, he did miss essentially an entire season with a foot injury. What's the most catches you think Sammy Watkins had in his, so far in one season in the National Football League? 64. You're pretty close, 65. First oh, year. all right. Now, he was 65 catches on 128 targets. That's a lot of targets. Oh, wow. That's really right. bad. How many think he had last year? How many catches? Uh, Ramos, he was a Ram. How many catches do you think he had? 30? 39. Oh, all right, Johnny. <laughs> Still a little far did away. Have, did, right? He was, Sammy Watkins was their fourth leading wide receiver. Fourth. Fourth leading wide receiver. Fascinating, right? And he signed a three-year, $48 million deal. He wasn't the best wide receiver in Buffalo. He did have, obviously, a major injury problem during his third year. Broke his foot, came back, still wasn't right, had it surgically repaired. And he even joined us and told us that it wasn't until about midseason where he felt comfortable. But a guy who's coming off a 39-catch year signs a $16 million a year deal? Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure, I'll try that one. As conditions on the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with the Farmers Agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find agent at farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Larry Scott, commissioner of the Pac 12. Pac 12 released a. Uh, it's basically, hey, here's how we change college basketball. What do you think? We'll ask him about it if he likes the findings, if he agrees with all of them, and how many things could actually be implemented. That's upcoming next, but first, are you hiring? We know that every business needs to hire great people, but maybe more importantly, how do you find those great people? Something better than just posting your job online and praying the right people see it. There's ZipRecruiter for that. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies the people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of people who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. Never miss a great match. Again, the right candidates are out there and ZipRecruiter will help you find them. 
Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to Zip, Z-I-P, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. If businesses and franchises of all sizes are doing it, why can't you? You should. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Larry Scott from the Pac-12. He's their commissioner. He's going to join us in mere moments. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on USC not being in the NCAA tournament. Plus, uh, he had a task force, which uh, the league commissioned, calling for sweeping change around the sport of college basketball. What did they find? What did they recommend? We'll discuss, we'll discuss it and discuss whether or not any of this stuff will actually happen. First, though, let's get you a little uh, breaking news update. Here's Steve DeSager. Breaking news from Fox Sports. The NFL items are not ending. NFL Network reports the Packers are signing tight end Jimmy Graham. In fact, NFL Access calls it a three-year deal. Graham's last four seasons with the Saints, he had at least 85 catches each year. He just finished a third season with Seattle. His best year with the Seahawks, 2016, when he had about 900 yards receiving Jimmy Graham to Green Bay. Well, I mean, obviously that's huge. You know, you you get to the uh, you get um, uh, you finally get a legit pass catching star, and a guy who can go up and make plays for Aaron Rodgers. I, I've I've told people before, like Adams is suddenly becoming maybe a go to guy. Um, I like the move, obviously for the for the Packers, and they're a team that you know the big the big flaw with with Graham is he doesn't block anybody. You know, he is not, but it's not like the Packers are ever shown the propensity to consistently run the football. And I'd love to know what the, did, Steve, did you say what the dollar amount was? No dollar amount listed, just three years. Hmm. Well, obviously you have, a, you have a new regime atop the Green Bay Packers, and this is part of it. And that's a, that's a big get to go out and get. Um, but Devontae Adams was becoming a star last year. On the other hand, he did not have a thousand yards receiving. Of course, Aaron Rodgers didn't play the whole year. You got Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson has not been the same since knee injury. This becomes like an ensemble cast, and he becomes, you know, the most important. The Martellus Bennett thing just didn't work. Just didn't work. You know, they tried Richard Rodgers as well. They those they didn't work. But Jimmy Graham, that dog will hunt, especially with the type of passer you have with Aaron Rodgers. Um, this is kind of interesting. The, the PAC 12 commissioned a task force in order to find a way for smart change in college athletics. And, uh, they released their findings and this is right before the NCAA tournament. Do, do we have commissioner Scott? Is he joining us? Oh, all right. So uh, I'll give you a couple of the bullet points as to what they're, what the, the, the task force calls upon. Then Larry Scott will join us from the PAC 12. Uh, the the Pac-12 task force recommended changing NCAA rules to allow players who are drafted to remain eligible to play in college basketball if they don't sign a pro contract. Allow them while in school to get advice from agents, also similar to NCAA rules for college baseball players. Also allow schools to pay for expenses for athletes' families in cases of demonstrated financial aid. Um, 
They want to hold regional combines in July. The coaches could attend these for recruiting purposes, but would be prohibited from attending traditional AAU tournaments held during the same month. That's interesting. Trying to eliminate AAU or the uh, or or you know the meat market idea of AAU. Um, expanding the number of visits, five-year junior year, five-year senior year, to make a more maybe well-rounded decision, to farm out the NCAA's enforcement process, creating educational seminars and mentoring programs uh, for recruits and their families, require full disclosure of contracts between schools, coaches, and shoe companies. That's fa- fascinating as well. Let's welcome in Larry Scott, he's commissioner of the Pac-12. Um, look, there's a bunch of findings that your task force found. What do you think is the easiest to implement? Well, the uh, easiest to implement are the ones that the uh, NCAA can control. You know, uh, we're calling on the NBA and NBA Players Association to do some things, too. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, the recruiting calendar, the recruiting rules, uh, educational efforts, things of that nature are completely within the control of the schools. And it's just a question of the will to do these things and throwing the resources at it and, and making a commitment. So... You know, a lot of the things in there um, are very doable and doable in a, in a reasonably short period of time. I think the most complicated are the ones where we need the NBA and NBA Players Association uh, to, to step up and be part of the solutions. All right. Well, that, that's in, in regards to the one and done. It's commonly misassociated with the NCAA, and that's really an, that's an NBA and NBA PA collectively bargained upon rule that you have to go to school for one year or uh, or you know, be it then be 19 years old in order to apply for the NBA draft. You can go to the G League straight out of of high school, play for a year before applying for the NBA draft. Let me play for you, Larry, something that Steve Kerr said last week. A simple solution he found he, he found that uh, could could help make the entire situation better. I also think one of the things the NCA needs to look at is uh, if a kid signs with an agent and declares for the draft and he doesn't get drafted. Welcome him back, you know. Why not? What's the what's the harm? You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all this, uh, you know, amateurism and all this stuff. But if we're, if we're truly trying to do the right thing for the kid, and the kid declares for the draft and doesn't doesn't get drafted and realizes, you know what, I should go to college. Welcome him back. Do something good for the kids, and and uh, don't just kind of uh, keep this ruse going. It's, you know, it's, we all know what's going on and let's do what's best for the kids and give them some options and work together between the NBA and the NCAA and uh, find the right system. I think it's entirely doable if everybody just opens their eyes. Larry, do you agree or disagree? Completely agree. And so we've incorporated Steve's suggestion in our recommendations. I've spoken to him about it and I consider Steve Kerr one of the most thoughtful leaders, certainly in basketball and very influential. So... In our uh, recommended reforms, you know, we want the NBA and NBA Players Association to give these young men a choice, let them declare for the draft out of high school. But if, you know, they wind up not being drafted as high as they think, and, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of kids out there that have an overinflated sense of their ability and might think they're going to go high in the draft and they find out they're drafted low or maybe a G League player or an NBA player, uh, we're proposing the rules allow them, if they don't sign a contract to go play for a team, it would allow them to maintain their eligibility and choose to be a student athlete in, instead. Then if they come to college, that's great. Like baseball, like football, after their junior year, they can go out for the draft again. So 
we've incorporated Steve's suggestions into our proposals. Okay, well, he also said, I, I believe he also mentioned that if you are in college and you declare for the draft and you didn't get drafted, you could then come back. Is that because the problem with that and even the problem with declaring for the, for the draft and then going to school is the timeline's all screwy, right? Like if you're a coach, if you're a coach, uh, you're, the, the draft's not until the end of June after the NBA playoffs. And, you know, you're, you, you got to have everybody on campus. Many teams have kids on campus in the summer getting ready for their freshman year. If not, you're on campus in August into September. But you got to know who you're going to have, who you're not going to have. How do, you, how do you alleviate that part of yeah. the issue? Well, yeah, this is no small give uh, by the NCA and, and the schools. I mean, it'll wreak havoc for our coaches in trying to figure out what their roster is like, how to allocate their scholarships. Uh, but, you know, I think we're at the point where we have to look at this from the student-athlete's perspective and doing what's right. And, you know, coaches will adapt. They won't like it, but they'll have to adapt. I, I guess my thought is, Larry, and... You know, having an agent is the kids have the information. They just oftentimes, like most of us when we we're that age, we choose to not use it. Right? Like, I, I understand it's it, you know that you we can tell them you're not going to get drafted. You're not going to get drafted. You shouldn't put your name in the draft. But they do it anyway. Um, and we're we're talking about such a small number of student athletes now, as opposed to the larger number. I I understand that social media. And the media itself will tell you to adjust, but is it really that necessary? Well, there's also a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, first-class agents out there doing the right thing, giving the kids great information, accurate information. Some of them won't listen to it. But there's also a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, aren't, don't necessarily have the kids' best interests at heart that are persuading them to go, telling them what they want to hear. And... Um, uh, you know, we we don't want kids to um, make bad choices, make mistakes, and forego the possibility of an education because they made a mistake or or made a poor choice. So I don't know exactly how we're going to have to adjust our system to allow them to come back to school and maintain their eligibility if they don't find out till you know late in the spring that they've got a kid uh, actually coming back that they thought was going to the NBA. But I think we can figure it out. Um, th- there's also, uh, you are not, and the task force, they're not proponents of either pay-for-play or, or of the Olympic model, correct? We're absolutely not pay-for-play. I mean, we, the task force states, you know, firmly believe in the collegiate model, believe this should be students, not employees. Um, you know, would like to see the NBA build up the G League so that if you want to get paid to play basketball, Go play in the NBA or go play in a minor league, you know, that pays you decently in the G League. That's the role of the NBA. The role of college sports is to educate young men and women and if, if they want to come not to get paid. So um, firmly on that side, uh, vis-a-vis the Olympic model, some ideas have been floated around that. It was not part of the mandate of our committee because, as you know, Doug, it's currently being litigated. Uh, so we're not floating ideas in something that's in the courts right now. Larry Scott joining us. Uh, last thing, I, I can't help but, uh, but, but bring up the fact USC did finish in second place in your league, did get left out of the NCAA tournament. It should be pointed out that uh, while they played really well, they, they were swept by UCLA. They, did, they didn't beat Arizona. They didn't beat Arizona State. And because you, didn't, you, don't have the, you don't have even schedules, you know, you're not playing everyone twice, 
second place can be a little bit disingenuous because you're not you're not playing as difficult a schedule in some cases as other teams. Um, how much of this do you think comes from the FBI investigation? How much of it do you think comes from being the Pac-12 in time zone? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, now that you have a chance to catch your breath and think about USC's exclusion from the NCAA tournament and some of the poor seeds, Arizona wins your league, wins the league tournament, only gets a four seed, what you think is behind the league being viewed as such? Yeah, look, I've uh, heard what the chairman of the committee had to say. I've spoken to some other, other people I've got no reason to believe that you know the issues around USC and their assistant coach uh, had anything to do with it. Likewise for Arizona, I think the committee chairman gave a clear explanation as to what they were looking at. They placed a lot of value on non-conference wins against teams that were in the tournament. USC didn't have a lot of those, but they did have an impressive performance within our conference. Um, and so, and, and and as a result. You know, I, I don't think it's a Pac-12 issue because while USC was disrespected and their conference performance was not valued, Arizona State got in the tournament. And Arizona State was the ace team in our league. I don't hear anyone saying, you know, wow, the Pac-12 was really uh, inflated in their value because their ace team got in. I think the committee's been consistent in valuing higher um, individual wins you had against tournament teams, especially if they were away or neutral site, and I think they consistently applied that. The conclusion I'm left with, Doug, is I don't like the criteria that mm-hmm. they use. I think, I think the pendulum has swung a little bit too far. I think big wins in November compared to who are the best teams in the country come March um, ought to be you know, re- recalibrated. I, you know, I watch these teams all year, and if you watch USC during our tournament, you know, where they were dominant on their way to the championship game, they were beating Arizona, who, you know, is a Final Four caliber team. Uh, they were beating Arizona at halftime. I mean, they look like a tournament team for anyone that watched them. So um, I don't quibble with the decisions the committee made and the explanations. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look forward, and we're going to engage in a conversation about tweaking the criteria, because I do think there should be a higher value on the complete body of work and how you look in March going into March Madness compared to six months prior catching teams at the beginning of their season. Uh, what about expanding the number of, 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 of conference games? Uh, that is something we have put on the table, and I would like to see happen. I'd like to see our teams play each other more, have less of this imbalanced schedule, especially you know, sometimes our teams have to buy buy teams to come in and play against them. I think it's better for the student-athletes, better for our fans, better for the strength of our conference to play more against each other. So we're going to be evaluating whether we move from 18 to 20 conference games. Great stuff. Larry Scott, the task force uh, findings have been released. You can find those online. Larry, look forward to seeing UCLA play. Obviously, get a chance to see uh, Arizona play a little bit later on this week. Best of luck to your conference, and thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me, Doug. All right, my pleasure. you got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings with all the taste and half the calories. You can eat twice as many Hooters. Huge breaking news from Green Bay, and it's not just that they acquired Jimmy Graham. This is, you know what it's like? It's like the NCAA tournament. Larry can put USC in the field, but is he going to take Arizona State out of the field? Last time we (laughs) talked to Steve DeSager, they were adding Jimmy Graham. Would they take off the roster? Here's Steve. 
Graham's due to be signed by Green Bay tomorrow, the tight end who had over 500 receptions the last seven seasons. But Green Bay is now due to release wide receiver Jordy Nelson tomorrow. He was due to make over $9 million to finish his contract this year. Quarterback Kirk Cousins will likely sign a three-year contract with the Vikings this week, worth about $85 million guaranteed, according to NFL Network. Wide receiver Danny Amendola is expected to leave New England for Miami, and the Dolphins get wide receiver Albert Wilson from KC. The Chiefs will sign wide receiver Sammy Watkins. The Redskins are due to sign wide receiver Paul Richardson. Washington re-signed kicker Dustin Hopkins. Carolina has agreed to terms with defensive back Bashad Breeland. Baltimore released running back Danny Woodhead. Jacksonville linebacker Paul Puzlesny retired. We're not done. Quarterback Sam Bradford committed to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. One year plus an option. Quarterback Drew Brees will re-sign with the Saints this week. The Broncos are expected to sign quarterback Case Keenum tomorrow. And NFL Network says the Jets are working on a deal with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Wide receiver Allen Robinson will sign with the Bears. The Jacksonville Jaguars will re-sign wide receiver Marquise Lee. Defensive back Aaron Colvin will leave Jacksonville to sign with the Texans. And Buffalo re-signs defensive tackle Kyle Williams. The NCAA tournament starts with two games tonight, 11 games in the NBA, including Toronto, winners of eight straight. Playing at Brooklyn, back to you. Thank you, Steve. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's take you around the country to find out what's going on from the people that cover these teams on a daily basis. Hey! Hey! We don't know everything, but we know people that know what you want to know. You know? What the hell he say? Sounds like you need a guy. Hey! Hey! I got a guy. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I had just told you that... Um, that, uh, quite interestingly, fascinating, that, you know, we, we never talk about Jordy Nelson not being the same guy since he tore up his knee going back a couple seasons ago. Remember, it's a non-contact thing in the, non, in, the, in the preseason. And the Green Bay Packers releasing Jordy Nelson. I, I think people's, people, look, people think of Jordy Nelson differently than the actual performance uh, that we, we've seen from... Uh, from Jordy Nelson the past couple of years. All right, we're going to go to Denver first, I believe. All right, uh, Troy Rank joins us from Denver, Broncos insider from ABC7 in Denver. Troy, what's the reaction to Case Keenum being the new quarterback of the Broncos? Uh, I would say lukewarm, but the idea that it's going to be a likely a two-year deal, Doug, not three, makes him a possible bridge quarterback if necessary. It doesn't preclude them from drafting a quarterback in the first or early second round. So fans are warming up to that idea that, you know, they're basically kind of dating Case Keenum. They're not married to him long-term. So in that regard, it's going over a little better as the idea of a shorter-term contract comes to fruition here. How much of it had to do with his relationship with Gary Kubiak? Well, yeah, there's no way you can overstate that. Gary Kubiak has assumed an advisor role in the front office. Uh, He's one of the few guys John Elway listens to. They can agree to disagree. He respects Kubiak's opinion immensely, and Kubiak knows Case Keenum probably as well as anybody in the NFL. So there's no no denying that that played a factor in them going after Case Keenum once they realized, A, they weren't really going to have a chance at Cousins, and the money for Cousins was probably, you know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are we, we okay there, Troy? You are you're all right? We we lost Troy Rank for a second. All right, we lost Troy Troy Rank for a second. So, 
So Case Keenum is the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. It's also been reco- re- uh, reported that they never made an offer to Kirk Cousins. Part of it is they knew Kirk Cousins, it would be too expensive. But part of it is also, I think, the relationship between Kubiak and his former quarterback in Houston. Uh, Pete Bursich joins us. He's a former Vikings linebacker and current radio analyst for the Vikings Radio Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete Bursich, B-E-R-C-I-C-H. Of course, uh, they, they end up getting the prize of the free agent pool in Kirk Cousins, or at least are expected to do so. He's currently visiting with the Minnesota Vikings, hasn't visited anywhere else, has not confirmed that he's signing a deal, but it's assumed that this was merely a formality. Pete, what do you think of the fit? Um, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's an upgrade at the position. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the hard part of, the, of this in the, in the business. I mean, Case Keenum came in and did, you know, did a very, very good job for us this year. Uh, but with the hiring of DeFilippo as our offensive coordinator, with Pat Shermer going out to to New York, you know they take a hard look at what they have and where they want to improve. And um, I think uh, making a move at the quarterback position is is what they wanted to do. Uh, like I said, Case Keenum. When you have a defense like ours, the one thing you don't want to do is throw a lot of interceptions, turn the ball over quite a bit, and give the other team added possessions. And I think uh, uh, you know we that you know we did a good job of that this year with Case Keenum. Um, but we weren't making the explosive plays. I think that were there that were available and that was part of the frustration. And I think that they wanted to, they wanted to upgrade and, uh, they did. So it kind of cost them a little bit, but, uh, I, I think they're very happy. And I think, uh, everybody here is going to be thrilled to have him here. How much does spending all that money hurt, hurt the Vikings in terms of filling out the roster? Well, that's, that's kind of to be determined. Um, you know, you have Eric Kendricks at linebacker, Anthony Barr, uh, the other linebacker. Those guys are, you know, they're, they're coming up. They're going to have to make a decision on Trey Waynes and what they're going to want to do with him. Um, and Stephon Diggs will probably be the other one, the other big question mark, and whether or not you're going to have to, you know, let some veteran players go to try to find room for, for those guys when they come up. You know, we'll see. I think defensively we've been able, you look at our team and how it was built, and defensively, a lot of our key players, maybe outside of Linval Joseph, have all really uh, been through the draft. They've done a very, very good job defensively. Uh, but you look at the other side of the ball offensively, and you know there's there's been some there's been some struggles there. I think uh, you know we we will get Dalvin Cook back next year, uh, but you know Stephon Diggs was a fifth round draft pick, and uh, you know Thielen was an undrafted free agent, so. Good, you know, good guys to have, great guys to have, but we just haven't had the success drafting on offense like we have on defense. So, my point is that I think they're a little less worried about filling in those uh, filling in those spots and finding defensive talent in the future. Pete Bursich, former Vikings linebacker, he's a radio analyst for their uh, for, for calling the games. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. Pete, great stuff. Big day for the Vikings as they get their man in Kirk Cousins. Thank Pete. Thank you. Have a good day. Online. So you needed a guy? I'm a point guard. We got you a guy. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more car, confident car buying experience. A Super Bowl champion loves Kirk Cousins' contract. You'll find out why next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm.
Every day this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of something we heard earlier on Fox Sports Radio. And since there's very limited time on Fox Sports Radio today, which I haven't hosted a show, uh, we tried to find something else. Right? I, I co-hosted with Jason Smith, the Dan Patrick Show. So we only got a couple of shows to choose from. Let's see what we got. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? As conditions on the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Greg Jennings was on Undisputed earlier this morning with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and Joy Taylor. He had this to say about the reports of Kirk Cousins' contract being fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed? Fully. Changes the game. Yes. That is... So they can do it. They can do it. They can do it. Oh. They can do it. Kirk Cousins will be a trailblazer. This will be a trend-setting moment right here. If If this contract is set and it is a fully guaranteed deal... This is what, as players in the NFL, we've been wanting for years. Fully guaranteed contracts that lets you know and the team know I'm covered no matter what. What you're telling me, you're going to take care of me no matter what. Yeah, I I think players are going crazy about this. Be like, first, let's wait to see the devil's in the details with the deals. Maybe it is fully guaranteed. Um. But And you heard that from a wide receiver in Greg Jennings and from a tight end in Shannon Sharp. Not from a quarterback, because a quarterback is different. right? And if anything, this is actually going to make the rift even greater between some skill position guys and quarterbacks. Because what teams will tell you is, yeah, we'll do it for quarterbacks because even when they get hurt, they come back fine. But wide receivers, they don't. Jordy Nelson is the perfect example. The perfect example. Jordy Nelson had a knee injury at the start of the year two years ago. He ain't been the same. They cut him. They cut him. Um, so I, I like, look, I, 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 I don't know why football players don't get, like they do have guaranteed part of their contracts. When you're a free agent, you can negotiate as much as you can if they give you, if you don't like the franchise deal, the franchise tag deal, which is, of course, fully guaranteed money for a year. You, you don't have to play under it. They just can't play. And if you don't like franchise tags per se, well, that's okay. Fight that in the next collective bargaining agreement. But this whole, we don't have guaranteed contracts. Yes, you do. And you can have a fully guaranteed contract. It's just going to be less money. They're just not going to look like $100 million. It'll look like the $38 million that it actually is. So I love this idea that this is a trend. So like, no, it ain't. It's quarterback. It's three years. And it's not even going to be the biggest contract in like a week when Aaron Rodgers signs a bigger contract. Um, so I... I understand that people are going to be doing victory laps, uh, that NFL players are going to be doing victory laps. Finally, finally, we got fully guaranteed contracts. Psst. Since they changed it to having the rookie uh, con- contract scale, those are all guaranteed too. <laughs> right? Cam Newton's contract, his first contract at the college is guaranteed. It was only $24 million or something over four years. It was fully guaranteed. You've been fighting for guaranteed more of a guaranteed money. And if you want fully guaranteed money, you can get it. You're just going to get less money. Yes, Ryan Music. 
So you're essentially saying that really it's because quarterbacks are in a different category. Uh, the thing that I find interesting is Le'Veon Bell is probably the most talented running back, and then you could argue perhaps the most valuable skill position player. Maybe there's, you know, maybe like Odell Beckham Jr. or a wide receiver is higher than that. No, it's not. Running back's higher. But okay, go ahead. But still, so he's the most valuable running back, and he's still fighting for a guaranteed contract, and he ended up, he's going to end up settling for the franchise tag. So I really don't, I think they're closer to what Le'Veon Bell's dealing with than what is actually happening here for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's the here's the perfect example of it. Um, and look, Ben Roethlisberger, he's always hurt for like one or two games a year. Right? I mean, he's always, last year, 15 games. Year before, 14 games. Year before, 12 games. 16, 16, 13, 15, 12, whatever. Uh, he started 200 games in his career. And that has spanned, I think, 13 or 14 seasons. So how many is that on average? He, he starts on average about 14 games a year, right? And Big, and big Ben is not a, uh, he's not a freak athlete back there. To, compared to Le'Veon Bell, who's 26 years old. And Le'Veon Bell, some of it's been suspension, but some of it's been injury. 13, 16, 6, 12, 15. Like the deal is that Le'Veon Bell is 26 and he's had a ton of uh, tr- tread worn off the tires. And by 29, the league will be done with him. So what they're arguing for is that we want fully guaranteed. Like, look, he can sign a fully guaranteed deal for probably two years. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? All right. If you missed any of our interviews, download the podcast from iTunes. If you want to continue listening, you should do so. If you're listening on Sirius XM, turn over to the iHeartRadio app or to your terrestrial Fox Sports Radio station. Coming up next, Pat Forty will join the show. I'll ask him about the Pac-12's recommendations for change in college basketball. Is it enough? And oh yeah, who wins this tournament? That's next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I believe some think the NCAA tournament kicks off today. Some don't. It's a playing game, first four. We got two games tonight. LIU, Brooklyn, Radford, I'll give you my pick. UCLA versus the Bonnies. Not Bonnie and Clyde, St. Bonaventure. It's in Ole in New York. Don't worry if you never heard of it. I tried to get there for a game this year. I looked it up online, and I was like, I got to pass. Just can't get there too far. Mark Schmidt does a great job. He's got a really good point guard. I'll give you my pick a little bit later. We got a ton, metric ton to get to. Um, This is a crazy day in the National Football League. I don't know what's the biggest news. I feel like Kirk Cousins is probably the biggest news. It looks like he's going to become a Viking. Josh McCown is going to re-sign with the Jets. He joined us last week, keeping all options open as the Jets appear to have struck out on Cousins and maybe Case Keenum. And, um, you know, he'll be a placeholder. I'm sure they'll draft somebody. But fascinating. Sam Bradford's an Arizona Cardinal. Case Keenum's a Denver Bronco. So they have broken up the, the Vikings triumvirate of quarterbacks. And they've added Kirk Cousins. And, of course, Kirk Cousins had to leave Washington because Alex Smith is their new quarterback. Then Jimmy Graham becomes a Packer, and the Packers release Jordy Nelson. Sammy Watkins is a Kansas City Chief. Allen Robinson is a Chicago Bear. I'm sure I missed plenty that matter. We'll recap more and try and figure out exactly what matters a little bit later on. Let's instead welcome in a friend of every show I've ever done, Pat Forty, at, at Yahoo 40. Of course, he writes his 40 Minutes column. He's a national college columnist for Yahoo Sports, and he joins us uh, on what what 
I guess technically the NCAA, on the eve or the, the moments before the NCAA tournament starts, but most of us, we go with the bracket. It starts Thursday. Pat, how are you? Doing well. Happy March Madness to you, Doug. Same to you. I actually like this first four. I think all the first four games should be like the nightcap tonight. It should all be high major, UCLA, basketball royalty against St. Bonaventure. Essentially a mid-major, only in New York, A-10 team. Um, I actually like that. I just wish all four games were like that. Yeah, and then you're not uh, shoving the uh, the low major teams into a you know a a outside of the bracket, so they they would at least get a legitimate NCAA experience. I'd be fine with that, um, you know, and actually not and not match up HBCUs against each other. Uh, that would be that would be fine with me if they did it uh, your way. I don't I'm not a big fan of it the way it is now. Okay, um, let's uh, let's get to what kind of the news of the day is the Pac-12 had a task force, and that task force was, was charged with trying to find ways to change college basketball, and they like the baseball rule. Hey, you can go get drafted at a high school, but if you – and you, you got to have cooperation from the NBA, which we don't know if the NBA never wants to cooperate with, with them. But, hey, you can, you can do that, but you, uh, in order to do that, if you come back to school, you got to stay for three years. Do you like the model that they're proposing? Um, I think there are better models. I, I, I am in whole agreement that there needs to be a new model. Uh, I am not a fan of the one-and-done situation. I just I, I think that putting kids in school for three years, while it may work for baseball, I'm not sure it would work as well for basketball um, and would might, might lead to a really high number of guys making a decision to, to bypass college in general who, who, would, who could use at least two years of it. Um, you know, if it were two, if it were a two-year minimum, I think I would probably feel a little better about it. But I, I think one and done absolutely needs an overhaul, and I think the NBA is open to an overhaul of it uh, under certain circumstances. It works for uh, football. It works for baseball. Why wouldn't it work for basketball? Um, I, yeah, first of all, I think it works for football because players are, are not physically ready necessarily any younger than that to play in the NFL. Uh, baseball has always been a game where you need a lot more minor league seasoning, it seems, to be ready uh, to, to go from college to the, the inevitable to the, the, to the big show. Basketball, you know, there's a lot of guys that I think after a couple of years uh, could be ready to certainly be drafted and be put on a roster. So I, I just think that it's a sport that it's, it's actually a little but, bit more to a shorter window. But, but, Pat, it's actually not that different. Do I, do I think – Look, are there the occasional exception where a LeBron James can contribute and play right away? But I, the one thing that that is that across the board with all these NBA teams that are tanking, all they simply say is like we're playing younger players because you know you can't win with younger guys, which tells us everything we need to know about younger guys not truly being ready. They're just even the best. Kevin Garnett was ineffective his first year and a half or so. Kobe Bryant uh, did not have a good first couple years in the NBA before he kind of, before it kind of clicked. Like I'll go with you three years feels long because the year now would two years be a happy meeting in the middle. Yeah, that's what I think I'd be I'd be good with two. I would be fine with that. And you know, and look, if they want to do three and you could get enough players to agree to do three, I'd be fine too. I am not, I mean, I'm not like four square opposed to it. I am four square opposed to one and done. Uh, I, you know, I think that there's way too many players that are forced to go to college who have no interest in being college students. So don't make them, let them go. 
I see that there's the part that I don't necessarily agree with. And the thought is, I mean, like, look, there's plenty of kids that don't want to go to high school. We make them go to high school. Why are we getting, why is it so, somehow bad to make guys get an education that, that that's really what the fight has been over to try and even out who's getting a higher level education. Are they getting an education or are they passing 12 hours in introduction to breathing to stay eligible? Or some of them just, you know, we yeah, have one semester and, and, Maybe I'll get the uh, the other semester done by a correspondence course or online, but yeah, maybe I won't. So I, it's a charade. I, I just don't see him getting any real education out of one year on campus. All right. Well, listen, I, I I don't like the one and done either, but I also think that you're taking a you're taking a a view of of something that I'm not sure you told. Like, do we don't really know, right? Like, we 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 think. I, I remember calling a Kentucky game a couple of years ago in Carl Anthony Towns. I was trying to catch up with him, watch his workout in the morning, the day before a game. And he was in class. He was, and they had had a game on Thursday. The game was on a Sunday and I was there on a Friday. He was in class. So I, I think that, that just because you're in class, it doesn't mean you're in a worthwhile classes or the class is going towards helping you get a major or, you know, is it going to help you to get a degree? Most freshman classes don't at a lot of places. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll just be honest with you. I, I think that's a, a gross misassessment of what really goes on in a college campus. But I, you know, I don't know. It's like, like again, even the correspondence course. Like honestly, most college students take a an online course or two or three now as part of their regular curriculum instead of going to class. And part of going to college just simply being on campus and being around those people. I, I, I don't agree with the chasing kids off because they think they don't want to go to college. They don't know what they don't know. And they don't know they yeah. and they're and the only thing that they think is I got to get to the NBA I got to get to the NBA and they don't realize that very small percentage of the guys actually get to the NBA and then when they get done they can't do anything if they don't have a college degree. Yeah, well, I, as the father of two current college student athletes and one who recently graduated, the two that went to state universities uh, could have gotten through their freshman years with their eyes closed and, and just stayed in bed basically most of it. They did not. Where they weren't challenged academically, they were later on, but the, but they were not as freshmen. You got to stop sending your kids to Missouri. I mean, that's really what it is. <laughs> you got to stop sending stop sending your kids to Missouri. Pat Forty joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, here's the big question that everybody who covers college basketball, former players like myself, former coaches, uh, writers, who's actually any good? <laughs> I was hoping you would tell me. Uh, I don't know. I have some I mean, suspicions. By the way, there there is yeah. breaking news in college basketball. I don't know if you saw this, DeAndre Hunter. A uh, super talented big guy for Virginia is going to miss the entire NCAA tournament with a broken wrist. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. No, that, As I did people not see scramble that, to change it. Like, why didn't you turn out your bracket? Like, there you go. Yeah. Oh, man. No, that's significant. He's good. He's very good. And sometimes it can be hard for freshmen to get a lot of run in Tony Bennett's system because he's usually got veterans stacked up in a lot of places. But he's, he's made his way into the lineup. So that, that is very significant. Best team you've seen this year is who? I, I think Villanova. I think. Um, you know, I, I like Michigan. I like Michigan State. I like North Carolina. I like Duke. I like Virginia. I like Arizona. Um, but I think Villanova feels like the most consistent team that can win games in March. Obviously, Virginia's been the most consistent team and has had the best overall season, but I still have that in the back of my mind where what happens when they're two for 14 from three-point range in a game and they score 46 points and the, and the other team scores 50, you know? And so I just feel like Villanova's the, the more, more reliable team. It's, it's, a, it's a fair point. Uh, what is your, what's your Final Four look like? 
Uh, I have Villanova, I have Michigan, I have Michigan State, and I have Arizona. Did you go to the? You went to the Big Ten tournament, didn't you? It's kind of a dead giveaway. You went to the Big Ten tournament. No, you went I to the didn't. Big East tournament. Actually, I did. I did not. Um, I the only tournament I went to was the SEC. Um, but I mean, I just I liked. I really liked what I saw of Michigan there. I liked what I saw them at the end of the regular season. And I've always liked Michigan State. It's a little bit of a leap of faith that you know is those teams going to take it to the next level as they tend to do uh, at this time of year. Uh, but they, you know, they did not play a super rigorous regular season, that's for sure. No, and and their only losses were to Michigan and Ohio State, and uh, they had one of the loss, oh, to Duke early in the season. What about Duke? No one seems to be talking about the Blue Devils, and yet to start the year, everybody was saying Marvin Bagley. I still think Marvin Bagley ends up as the number one overall pick, and they have Grayson Allen, who has, uh, has woken up in both the uh, sticking out the hip check and in making <laughs> shots. Why no discussion about Duke? Yeah, no, I've got, like I said, I've got seven teams that I think can win it, and they just happen to be in with Michigan State. And to me, that was uh, the winner of that game, a Sweet 16 game, was going to be the team I had to win that region. I'm going with Michigan State, but not, like, overwhelmingly. I, I would not be surprised to see Duke win that and end up in the Final Four. And, I, hey, they've got the most talent, I think, of anybody. So, you know, they, they've got a coach who knows how to win titles. They've got a senior who, yes, if he keeps his hips and his feet to himself, can can kind of be the leading guy, but uh, we'll see. Um, it, it appears as though uh, Memphis is going to fire Tubby Smith. UConn has already has already relieved uh, a head coach who won him a national title, what, four or five years ago. Um, is, is this simply the American Conference, and that's why teams are struggling to – to, to recruit at the same level as they were when they were in uh, in the Big East or you know Memphis when they were the dominant team in Conference USA. What do you what do you account uh, the sudden downfall for a couple of recent powers to? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I think that uh, conference affiliation is a problem for those schools at this point. Um, you know, it was it was a little bit of a different time when Calipari was at Memphis. I think you know you could recruit anybody at that point. Maybe you can again, but. Boy, you know, they, they, the, when they when realignment hit in 2010, which is after Calipari had left, uh, and the money, the revenue inequity just skyrocketed between the the five power football conferences and everyone else. I think that really kind of put schools like Memphis and UConn in a difficult position to try to maintain and sustain. I mean. It, you know, there's some speculation that if Danny Hurley gets a choice between Pittsburgh and UConn, he may take Pittsburgh, even though, I, you know, in terms of tradition, in terms of just recent success, you would think UConn. But, but which one has football revenue? Which one's in a real money conference? And would that affect the decision? So I, I, I think that it's a, a major factor for teams from the American Conference to deal with. Oh, I, I think there's no question that if you're, as of right now, you take Pittsburgh. One, if there's only one place to go is up. Do they have football? Um, and, you know, UConn becomes a hard sale unless UConn goes to the Big East, which, and it's crazy. If you look back when the Big East, you know, first, you know, reconfigured itself, you're like, DePaul, Providence, Creighton's okay. You're like, all right, I like Xavier. Um, they've always been kind of a mid-major darling, you know, mid, low, low mm-hmm. high major. Obviously, Villanova had struggled at times late in the old Big East, but they've been dominant. Like St. John's, just you know, like you had a lot of kind of has-beens or, you know, St. John's and DePaul's years since they've been super, super relevant. But, man, that league has 
as as boat race the American Athletic Conference, even though it had UConn and Memphis and and Cincinnati. Give me one sleeper team, yeah. a team that you've seen that you like. Uh, sleeper, I, I like Loyola Chicago. Really yeah. do. You know, gosh, they play well together. Uh, they pass the ball wonderfully. They've got four shooters around a big guy who can play inside. They're good on defense. They create turnovers. They rebound the ball well enough. Um, and I like the matchup. Miami's obviously very good and has had a good season, but since Bruce Brown's been injured, I think they're a little bit vulnerable. Uh, I think they could win that. I wouldn't be shocked if they could win a second game if they end up against Tennessee. So I just, I really kind of like the team they put together. They've had an excellent season. If they don't have stage fright, because none of these guys have played on this level, and I thought they did play like they felt some pressure in the Arch Madness tournament. Uh, if they can get over that, I like their chances. Yeah, I just turn on the faucet when I got stage fright. That's that's what I that's, that's what I do. Anyway. <laughs> Pat, great stuff. We'll see you at the Final Four, I'm sure. Yes, we'll do, Doug. Thanks. Pat Forty, Yahoo Sports, joining us. As conditions in the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. All right, how much how much did the numbers swing with the news that DeAndre Hunter is out? for the tournament for Virginia. We'll get RJ Bell from pregame.com to join the show next. He'll give us all the information you need if you're headed to Vegas or you're simply <clears throat> calling your guy. We'll make you some money upcoming next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it's crazy. That's crazy story with um, with uh, DeAndre Hunter being out for the year for Virginia. Versatile, young, only plays about twenty minutes a game, but uh, there's some similarities there to Oregon losing Chris Boucher. Uh, prior to last year's NCAA tournament, still reached the Final Fours. Still reached Final Fours, so it'll be interesting to see if Virginia can overcome that. So if you're you're just joining us, DeAndre Hunter, he's the fourth leading scorer for Virginia, but you know the the top three leading scorers only average 14, 12, and 10. He averages about nine and a half a game, and only plays 20 minutes a game. And he he can you they can play him as a small forward or as a power forward. I mean, he's tremendous. I do think. Uh, I do think, though, that there's there's enough talent for, for Virginia. It it changes them some. It weakens them a good amount, but it doesn't it doesn't eliminate them from being a you know it would change them from a one. They probably wouldn't be a one seed if we knew this. Let's get to let's get to Vegas, shall we? Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! R.J. Bell, you can hear his show on Friday nights, this uh, this Friday, 11 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Saturday night starts one hour earlier, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Or just follow him on Twitter if you need any of this information, at R.J. in Vegas. Got a lot of buddies heading to Vegas. It's a great place to be Thursday through Sunday. RJ Selection Committee, how surprising were the snubs in St. Mary's and uh, USC and the teams that got in by the chin of their the chin of their chinny chin skin of their chinny chin chin in Arizona State and Syracuse? 
Yeah, you're certainly right, Doug, about Vegas, though, these four days, because imagine it starts on Thursday. And if you want a good seat or even a seat at any of the sports books, you've got to be there like 530 in the morning Pacific time uh, with the game starting around nine o'clock Pacific. And then imagine Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come Sunday afternoon. You just see people walking around with these the thousand yard stare because they've been doing it four straight days. Big surprises with the committee. There were two teams. The odds were would not make it that did. And two teams were expected to make it that didn't. So two teams that were not expected to be selected. Arizona State was an underdog to be selected. Plus 250. So pretty decent underdog. But here's the big boy. Syracuse. If you would have bet 100 bucks on Syracuse to make the tournament you would have won $775. Big upset. Flip it around. St. Mary's expected to make it. They didn't. If you would have said no, you would have got plus 195. 100 wins you 195. Biggest team that was the disappointment, biggest long shot to not make it was USC, though, plus 425. So Arizona State, Syracuse not expected in. St. Mary's, USC were expected in. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Um, all right, what about odds to win a championship? I know Nova is the favorite, but I, I, I'm not sure if you saw the DeAndre Hunter news. That changes Virginia. I thought Virginia was 6-1 to one to start the day. Does, has that changed already? Uh, you know, I doubt it because, remember, future odds more than any other odds. So future as in to win a title and betting, you know, before the event itself are the most public odds, meaning that the recreational batters betting 10, 20 bucks. And they usually don't care about the fourth score on a team. So I thought your insight leading the segment was excellent. And again, it's a great example for those listening out there. Because I think there's a certain contingent that's going to say, oh, RJ, Vegas, they know more than anybody. Maybe. But guys like Doug, who are true domain experts, true experts in a given sport, the smartest guys in Vegas will listen to those guys a lot. They know how to interpret it and apply to how to bet, right? That's something like, a Doug, you probably don't know as well, right? But your expertise and how much is this four score really worth, we take that very seriously in Vegas. The recreational batters, not so much. By the way, just to put a little bow on who didn't make it and who did make it, this NIT field, and I know people don't talk about the NIT as much, obviously, 13 teams in this NIT field would be favored over St. Bonaventure, who did make it, and 12 of the NIT teams would have been favored over Syracuse. So we can talk subjectively who should have made it, who wouldn't. But in Vegas, 12 against Syracuse, 13 against St. Bonnie's, NIT teams would be favored. Yeah, the problem with the NIT is sometimes teams don't want to be there, right? Like Louisville has kind of been forced to participate, so their performance may not be indicative of who they actually are as a team. All right, give me me some of the big dogs, the big underdogs that you really, really like. The big underdogs that I really, really like. All right, so here's a great exercise you can do is look 1 through 16, right? Obviously, those are the seeds, and you can find the best odds for a team of that seed. Now, obviously, the one seeds and the 11s, we still have play-ins to go. And what I've done is I've got a list of those saying, okay, amongst all the 15 seeds, who's got the best odds? Okay, Georgia State, 14.5-point underdog. And then you can go down the list. Like, who's the best 11 seed? 
Well, Loyola is plus two and a half. So they're barely, as an 11 seed, barely an underdog. Then you've got Butler, a 10 seed, favored. Favored Butler by one and a half. So to me, this is the best advice I can give. This is worth the whole segment, which is free, is go to the newspaper, go to pregame.com, it doesn't matter, and look at the odds, and you're pretty much having Vegas be your partner at least in the first round on all those 32 picks because we've got odds on every game, and you can say, wow, I know I want to pick at least one 12 seed. Well, New Mexico is plus 5.5. That's the best 12. Doesn't mean you have to play New Mexico State in this case, but it means at least have an idea of what Vegas thinks before you make your pick. And to me, with most people, unless you're a true expert, you're going to benefit greatly from that. So of all the double-digit seeds, I would say Butler because, hey, Butler's favored. Yeah, Butler is actually a favorite as a as a 10 seed. Um, uh, what about some of these big numbers? You know, Purdue a 20-and-a-half point favorite, but Purdue an outstanding offensive team. I don't think it's crazy, even though that number is big, to think put that money down on Purdue. So when you have a big favorite, there's two things to think about. Uh, one is does the team have a playing style that lends itself to gaining margin? Um, and you mentioned it. If, if you're an offensive team, an Xavier, uh, a Purdue, like you said, uh, offensive teams gain margin easier. The really defensive-focused teams, and Virginia being at the top of that list, I mean, you look at some sabermetrics, a historically good defense with Virginia, even though as a 22-and-a-half-point favor, you're thinking, well, they're clearly much better. Yeah, but do they play a type of gain that tends to, to gain margin. Doesn't mean it's a lock. You know, Virginia could very well cover, right? Xavier could very well not cover. But that propensity of the style of play is key with big numbers. The second factor, is it the first game or the second game of the week? Because when it's the first game of the week, like obviously the first round is, the turnaround is 48 hours. So you up by 15 with four minutes left, laying 22. What's your motivation for margin? Nothing. And your motivation is get a little bit of rest for your starters or at minimum keep them in to the two-minute mark but slow the game down, right? If it's a Sunday-Saturday game, now you've got a bunch more time to rest, you're less inclined to be thinking that way. So I'm more inclined to lay the lumber if it's the second game of the week. All right, give me some prop bets that you, that you like. Is there, is there a prop bet that you think, hey, go to Vegas, this is a good one that'll, in, that'll intrigue you and make you, make you really want to watch the tournament? Now, this is one where the history – says it's a really good bet. So I've got my uh, 14 bracket-picking rules. So we go all the way back to 1985, 33 tournaments, and we have history telling us, hey, number 16 seed has never won. Well, most people, almost everyone knows that. But we've got other amazing ones, and one of them is a number 12 seed has won at least one game in 26 of 29 years. So you go back 29 years, there's only been three times that the fives have swept, right? Now, okay, three times. You can bet, will a number 12 spring an upset? And the yes is only minus 280. So you got to bet about $3 to win a dollar, but history says it's much, much more likely than that. So I like that one. And if you don't mind, Doug, um, I think the listeners, uh, a couple more of the bracket picking tips, perhaps? Go. Okay. Um, here's a great one is... 
the number nine seeds have won nearly half their games against the number eight. You might say, well, that makes sense. They're very close. But remember, a big chunk of people that are picking brackets don't really know any of these teams. The only thing they go by, because they're at an office, they, you know, it's social. They're going by the numbers. Mm-hmm. Eight is better than nine. So there's going to be an inordinate number of people picking eights over nines. But history say they're pretty much even. Thus, if you have to flip a coin, go with the nine over the eight, because like we said, history says it's even. And since your opponents in the pool are likely to be picking the eights, there's more value going the other way if you're getting even money. Mm-hmm. And lastly, as you go to each round, Each round has a ceiling. The phrase that I like to use is, yes, Cinderella gets to go out, but Cinderella has a curfew. So let's just use a couple from the final four for an example. Is no team worse than a, or no double-digit seed into the final four. So we can, we got all these double-digit seeds. But going back to 1979, the first time we seeded the tournament, there's been 156 final four teams, only four have had double-digit seeds. And lastly, no seed worse than a four seed to win the whole thing. And if you go back, 28 of the last 29 champions has been a four seed or better. So there's only 16 uh, viable teams to win the title based on history. Hmm. Uh, that is the one and only R.J. Bell. Uh, follow him on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. And, of course, you can listen to his radio show Friday and Saturday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. R.J., this is a great time of year. Enjoy Vegas. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it, Doc. All right, let's let's uh, let's get you to Steve DeSager and find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Well, details on what you mentioned from Virginia, their announcement today that the top overall seed for the upcoming NCAA tournament will not have the ACC sixth man of the year. Young DeAndre Hunter has been ruled out for the tourney with a broken left wrist, apparently hurt during the conference tourney, and will have surgery next week. The NCAA tournament starts with two games tonight at 6.40 Eastern time. Radford against LIU Brooklyn. LIU Brooklyn was 13-16 and 16 until a late five-game winning streak. It finished fourth place in the Northeast Conference. The late game, UCLA against St. Bonaventure. All this starting the first four in Dayton. A lot of NFL news, of course. Quarterback Kirk Cousins will likely sign a three-year deal with the Vikings this week. Working worth about $85 million guaranteed, according to NFL Network. The Jets have agreed to re-sign quarterback Josh McCown to a one-year deal. Quarterback Sam Bradford committed to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Quarterback Drew Brees will re-sign with the Saints. The Broncos are expected to sign QB Case Keenum tomorrow. The NFL's free agency period starts tomorrow. Green Bay will sign tight end Jimmy Graham. They have released wide receiver Jordy Nelson. Arizona has officially released running back Adrian Peterson. Chicago will get wide receiver Taylor Gabriel from Atlanta. Wide receiver Allen Robinson will sign with the Bears. He tore an ACL with Jacksonville last year. And finally, the Jaguars will get wide receiver Dante Moncrief from the Colts. The Jags will re-sign wide receiver Marquise Lee. Back to you. Crazy day in football. I mean, this is the craziest day. I I can't remember a day like this in football. you got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. With all the taste and half the calories, you you can eat twice as many at Hooters. Um, look, I, I, I think there's, there's a couple of different things with this, uh, with who you assign and where you are. Let's, let's just take, let's start with the, the Arizona Cardinals, right? People are going to give them heat over signing Sam Bradford. And what was your option? 
You got Larry Fitzgerald maybe for one more year. You got David Johnson who missed all of last year with an injury. Like you're a team that could you go complete rebuild? Yeah, but you can't have you can't have Larry Fitzgerald committed to coming back for another year and then throw a, an unproven rookie out there. Just that's not a that's not something that's likely to be they weren't bad enough. They weren't bad enough to completely overhaul and they don't have a top five pick. But they're not good enough really to compete at the top. And that division is good. San Francisco obviously getting better. Rams getting better. Feels like Sam, uh, Saint Louis, I mean, uh, Seattle coming back to them. They were kind of competitive. So you sit there and go like, all right, we tweak some things. Like, let's try. And if Sam Bradford can stay mostly healthy, we'll draft a rookie quarterback. Develop him behind Bradford. But people forget Bradford had a, had a good year behind a terrible offensive line two years ago with Minnesota. And had a pretty good year with Philadelphia the year before. And then, look, he played great and got hurt and then never really got a chance to get his job back when his knee was right. So I, it is hard to think that Bradford's the quarterback all year long considering how many times he's hurt his knees. But what were your options? I mean, your other veteran option was A.J. McCarron, who's not really a veteran or not really experienced. If you're not getting Kirk Cousins, what are your options? And then for the Vikings, the Vikings, they saw the ceiling with Case Keenum and they thought it's too low. Bradford couldn't stay healthy. Teddy Bridgewater, too much risk. We need somebody that's played, that's been in the playoffs, that can make a couple more explosive plays, has a little bit better arm, can lead. All right, we'll overpay because we need we we have to overpay because our window is fairly tight. Pretty tight. And for the for the, for the for the Broncos, I think theirs was, hey, look, we we can't spend top dollar for a guy we don't believe in it. We don't know how good we are, but we also know that when we've been really good, it hasn't been because of our quarterback play. We don't want to lose because of our quarterback, but we don't need to win because of our quarterback. And so a lot of this, and they had a relationship with Case Keenan with Gary Kubiak as an advisor. So I think a lot of it has to do with the window or the growth curve. Where are you? And the Vikings are looking there going, hey, we had all kinds of injuries. You know, three years ago, we were really, really good. And we missed a field goal. Otherwise, we beat Seattle with a young quarterback. Two years ago, we just had too many injuries. Our whole offensive line got hurt. Last year, we lost our quarter. We lost our quarterback. We lost our running back, and we're still one game away. We got to get better because we almost lost to Seattle because, excuse me, uh, to New Orleans because of our quarterback. Can't do it. So I think a lot of these moves have to do with where you are in your growth curve. Um, as crazy as that is, Green Bay is like the NCAA tournament. You can't put somebody in without putting somebody out. Wait to hear they brought in. And who they kicked out. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What a crazy day. Oh, yeah, there's basketball games tonight in the NCAA tournament. I love UCLA. And frankly, I like Radford. 
Uh, LIU Brooklyn, kind of up and down season. Radford finished in second in their league by one game, but I think they won their last four games of the regular season. Yes, they won their conference tournament on a last-second shot. Uh, I like Radford. I think they're a better team, a little bit better talent. Derek Kellogg's done a nice job and a bounce back after losing his job at, uh, at UMass. Let's, uh, let's get to the press. The press. Yay. Steve DeSager, what do you got, my friend? Tons of football is what we got. My goodness. We'll start with the two big stories. In case you haven't heard, Green Bay will sign tight end Jimmy Graham, and Green Bay has officially released wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who is due to make over $9 million to finish his contract this year. Graham's due to get a three-year deal with the Packers. He's had over 500 receptions the last seven seasons. Okay. And from earlier today, quarterback Kirk Cousins, he will likely sign a three-year deal this week with the Minnesota Vikings, worth about $85 million guaranteed. According to NFL Network, he'll reportedly have dinner with Minnesota personnel tomorrow and visit the Vikings' new practice facility on Thursday. Cousins started every game for the Vikings past three years. His record, 24-23 and with one tie, but in those three years, he threw for over 4,000 yards and at least 25 TDs each year. Well, the big thing is he he doesn't get hurt, um, and he's staying for, uh, he's, he's staying for, uh, uh, for like three days, like you're staying for three days. This yeah, is not, he's not going nothing. elsewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, tomorrow I'm going to see this. And the next day I'm gonna see that. Like, come on, man, he's going house hunting. He's staying. He's signing the deal. Big deal for them. I like what the Packers have done, and I love Jordy Nelson. I don't know anybody who doesn't like the Jordy Nelson story, but he is 33. Nine means too much, uh, especially considering he's not the same since a knee injury. But who has been better at reinvigorating a guy late in his career, finding a spot for him than the New England Patriots who lost Danny Amendola today? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Danny Amendola, the whiteout, expected to leave for Miami, and the Dolphins get wide receiver Albert Wilson from Kansas City. The Chiefs will sign wide receiver Sammy Watkins. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport just reporting the Tennessee Titans are signing cornerback Malcolm Butler on a five-year contract worth more than 61 mil, more than 30 million guaranteed. Right. So he's going to Vrabel. And also running back Jonathan Stewart, no longer with Carolina, expected to sign with the New York Giants. Adrian Peterson officially released by Arizona. The Cardinals get a commitment to sign from quarterback Sam Bradford, one year plus an option at $20 million per year. He missed most of last year with that bad knee. The Jets have agreed to re-sign quarterback Josh McCown. It's a one-year deal, but Newsday says it's for $10 million, and they're still interested in Teddy Bridgewater. And the Jets guaranteed McCown the starting job before he agreed to this one-year deal today. Yeah, you don't you don't go to a place. It's, for Josh, he wants opportunity. He played really well before injury last year. We had him on, and he didn't say a word, never said a word at them recruiting Kirk Cousins and throwing all all kinds of money. Like, Look, Kirk Cousins, they were talking about 45 to $50 million this year. They ended up getting him for 10 a Starting quarterback for 10 that allows them to spend a bunch of money elsewhere. Like, I actually think it's a super smart deal for the Jets. Super smart deal for the Jets. You pay him 10 probably a little bit above what he's worth, below market value for your starting quarterback. You bring in Teddy and you sign him for a long-term deal for not a, not a ton of money. Um, but you say, hey, we want to develop you. You already have Hackenberg you probably hang on to. And then you fill out the rest of your roster. You got a bunch of money to spend. The problem is it's not a good free agent year. You got to be creative with where you spend that money and not overspend on one guy here, one guy there. Oh, yes, me. Guys like McCarron still out there. And uh, 
The guy who tore an ACL with Jacksonville last year, wide receiver Allen Robinson, is going to sign with the Chicago Bears, and Chicago will get wideout Taylor Gabriel from Atlanta as well. Also, the Jaguars will re-sign wide receiver Marquise Lee, a four-year deal, including 18 mil guaranteed, and Jacksonville will get from the Colts wide receiver Dante Moncrief. All these signings not yet official. Free agency period starts tomorrow afternoon. That's when the league year begins. By the way, Joe Thomas with that tweet yesterday, the lineman, you really feel bad for Richard Sherman, he said, but this is clearly a case of ego getting the way of his pocketbook. He got crushed on his contract working at his as his own agent. Sherman replies, actually, it's a case of believing in who I am as a player while also coming off a major injury, but I appreciate your input. Life happens. Um, a lot of people are saying that the, the deal's not great. He didn't create leverage by going and visit anyone else, and it's a team-friendly deal. So let's see how it works out. One, you know, look, he is smart. Okay? No, he's, but Richard Sherman, one of the key things to intelligence is knowing enough to know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he knows enough to know what he doesn't know, you know? A running back report from Adam Schefter, ESPN, that Isaiah Crowell from the Browns intends to go to the New York Jets on a three-year contract. Also, to basketball, the Spurs have lost 11 of their last 14. They're not in the top eight in the West right now. Would they actually miss the playoffs? They haven't done so, haven't missed the playoffs in a couple of decades. Kawhi Leonard will not be playing Thursday against New Orleans. ESPN had said over the weekend that Leonard and the Spurs were targeting the Thursday game if he continued to progress from this quad injury, which has gone on and on. San Antonio. How'd you like, how'd you like to be uh, the Houston Rockets? You're 35 and two when you have all your players, and you play Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs in the first round. Could happen. <laughs> Could happen. Yes, a guy who was first team All NBA the previous two seasons, who we barely seen this season, and finally, Associated so Press reporting from Arizona. 30 miles north of Tucson, the police say a bride was arrested on suspicion of impaired driving after she was involved in a car crash on the way to her wedding. In the dress, handcuffed, put in a police cruiser yesterday. Police spokesman says one person suffered minor injuries in the crash. The the sergeant tweeted, don't drive impaired. Till death do we part, doesn't need help. End quote. Where was that story out of? That was out of Arizona. Arizona, the new Florida. And this was was Monday. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, fascinating stuff going on in football. And it really has overshadowed college basketball. It's, it's one of the reasons that I kind of went off yesterday. And I was like, would you, would everybody stop complaining? Don't get me wrong. It is our job as analysts and, and the people that are snubbed to say they're snubbed and to make the case for teams to get in. But if you've gotten in the NCAA tournament, you need to sell people on why to watch. Because right now, the thing that's most important in sports is the ticker. Who signed with who? What does this mean? We'll cover it front, back, and sideways upcoming on Fox Sports Radio. Again, I'm going to take Radford and UCLA tonight. Post my new bracket online. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.